Bacon overrated? Yes, it this is, is exactly correct. <laughs> bacon is the Travis least is gonna valuable. Lose it. Travis is going to lose it. Let me let me explain this. It is probably the least valuable ham vehicle uh-huh. available. All right, I'm a big prosciutto guy. I'm a big charcuterie guy. Sure, bacon. Comes in low. It's not on the metal stand. It's not in the top five. Oh, it's in the man. top ten. I thought I, thought I was. I thought I was by myself. No, absolutely. I, not. I don't bacon know the is last good. Time, I don't know the last time I've gone to a deli and I'm like, I gotta have bacon. There's Bruh. other things I want before I want bacon. I'm not by listen, ten miles. I'm not trying to hate on bacon. I'm just saying it's not. Listen, that we if we have uh if we got our our top five top ten ba- bacon's yeah, it's we got hanging out. We got supersada. Give me a country ham. Give me a walking around ham. All right, bacon is for. Bacon is the elementary school level ham intake. Yeah, Travis. Of foods. Tra- anyway. When Travis, when this gets back to Travis, he might lose it. He might lose. That's it. That's fine. All right. Um, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, by the way, just a quick reminder here: Alden Gonzalez, who covers the Dodgers for ESPN, coming up at eight fifteen. Um, you know, today there was a, a lot of kind of moving and shaking around the Dodgers. We got a yeah. chance. Dave Roberts, I, I mentioned, was on. Um, with Buster Olney. Andrew Friedman was on with Sedano, LZ, and Cap. And uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci was on as well with uh, with Buster Olney. So I, I want to kind of play some of these. But I, I think, you know, I, I want to get your thoughts. Is, is baseball, is, is that your favorite sport, Clint? Absolutely. Okay, so. Sport I played the most, sport I cared about the most, and sport that I uh, follow the most. You're, you know? you're the perfect person to ask about this because, of course, everybody is chasing the Los Angeles Dodgers this year. And you, you kind of try to see what is that gap between the Dodgers and everybody else. And and if it is, you know, you look at a lot of these power rankings and you see the Padres are number two, which is not – nobody's accustomed to that. It's not like the Padres are sitting as a top five team in Major League Baseball uh, typically. What's the gap between where the Dodgers are and where the second best team in in Major League Baseball is? Well, the number one is managing experience. I would legitimately say that. Mm -hmm. The Dodgers have done it. Number two is championship experience from a player standpoint. Um, You look at your David Prices. You look at, I mean, beyond everybody that won last year, you look at your David Prices. You look at your Mookies. um, Huge factor. And number three is the pitching staff depth. That's why the pods went out and got spent all that money on sure. all those arms. If they have any shot, they got to get. Mm-hmm. They got to get arms to compete with the Dodgers. And so people can get fired up about Kenley being named the closer in February. But like, bruh, great problem to have. Sure. You got a guy like Urias who could start or go bullpen. Sure. One of the most flexible pitchers in the entirety of the major leagues. Mm-hmm. You've got Bauer who, whatever, his head case disaster is one thing. His stuff is amazing. And reminder, David Price is coming back to the squad. Year off, championship pitcher, motivated, veteran who knows the game. Bruh, I'm not that worried about the Dodgers right now, okay? They are a team that won the World Series. And listen, I understand Turner's back. I understand that Jock is gone. I understand that Kike Hernandez is gone. I don't think they've gotten worse. I really actually don't. That's the key. They got the depth that allows them after you win, to move on from certain guys. You have to do that every once in a while. And I don't think I don't think that Dodgers fans should be as concerned as people think. Is 105 wins a lofty task from Vegas? Sure. That's but the, like, uh, that's the Caesar Sportsbook by William Hill said the Dodgers <laughs> are picked to uh, win 104 and a half games. No, no, no. Four and a half Say it games. the right way, Sliwa. Caesar Say it Sportsbook the right way. by William Hill. No, no, no. Say the number the right way, please. Oh, well. 
104.5. Yeah, 104.5. The Beach. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> We're going to go to some soft rock here. You're listening to the Dodgers on 104.5. Is that Beach a real? Radio. Tell me that's a real station. Because it sounds, No, it's not a real it station, but it legit. should be a real station. It sounds like that's, that's a soft jazz 104.5 The Beach. It, it sounds... If I or were hosting like, some sort of show, I... 104.5 The Beach, Dodgers Radio. There maybe, was a there was a station. Not. Okay, listen, listen. I got this quick story. And I'm gonna I'm gonna play uh, a little bit of uh, Dave Roberts here. There's a station when I was in college. Mm-hmm. I was working at a sports station. So back in the day, Extra Sports 690. That's like one of the pioneers of sports talk radio. Oh yeah. And I was down in San Diego. That's where it was based. Did an internship there. Got a job in promotions. I, I had a job for two Grinding weeks. for you young radio heads out there. Oh, you got to do Promotions promos. Yeah, first. promos. Yeah, that, that's how it's got to work. Oh, driving vans, sticking up flyers. Oh, I know the game. The whole thing. Handing out yep. koozies. You guys need a koozie? <laughs> but need a koozie over here? Bumper Love sticker? A bumper sticker? I, I'm, your I'm your guy. I'm your guy. So, Clayton, I'm, I'm, uh, I get a job for two weeks. They sell the station. People have been there. They sold it to L.A., actually. People had been there for years. I had a job there for two weeks, and it was done. Like, it was like, hey, welcome to the oh. team. And then it was two weeks it was done. So the only reason why I tell you this is because I was like, all right, so do I get out of radio or do I work? It was part of Clear Channel at the time, which is now right. iHeart. I'm like, or do I just stay in here and see if another sports station comes about? There were some rumblings another sports station would come. So I worked for an oldie station and a country <sighs> station. So when you said 104, oh, 104.5, the the it just the made me think of, I mean, I, two Two um, uh, two categories I know nothing about oldies and country, <laughs> and there I was at like events at six a.m. in the morning, the bumper stickers, oh the koozies, God. but for a country and oldie station. That's gotta great. Got to put it. Four point five. The beach. <laughs> Gerald in Malibu. What you got? What do you think about the bullpen? Let me know. All right. L- listen to uh, Dave Roberts on um, on the Buster Olney podcast. He's actually talking about his thoughts on the Padres offseason because a lot of people are obviously making a, a ton of run about the uh, Dodgers and Padres this year. I think it's great for baseball. I really do, and and I applaud uh, Peter Seidler, the organization, AJ Preller. Um, you know, they've done a nice job with the farm system, uh, going out there and spending money and, you know, extending Tatis and getting free agents and doing what they've done. I think me as a Southern California guy, uh, NL West guy, I think it's great. I think uh, for baseball, you know, when you can see what you Darvish did, uh, what Blake Snow did to get those guys on the West Coast, uh, a Tatis is a once in a generation type player to lock him up. I think it's great for baseball. I will stand by the fact that I really don't concern myself with the Padres or any other team. I think that, you know, the most important thing for me, the Dodgers, is to focus on ourselves and, and how we prepare and how we play. Yeah, everyone is chasing the Los Angeles Dodgers. God, Glenn. That's championship swag and championship logic mm-hmm. from Dave. He's exactly right. All of these idiots who want to tell me, oh, 14 years, screwing up the market, blah, blah, blah. Nah, bruh superstar locked in in a market that needed a superstar non-problem. I don't care if it changes the valuation for next summer's big uh, shortstop market. He's Fernando Tatis Jr. Mm -hmm. He's the most exciting player in the major leagues. And I'm sorry, that includes Marcus Lynn Betts. You know, it just is a fact. It doesn't mean he's better or anything like that. The Padres signing the most exciting player in baseball long-term is good, and I'm so happy that Doc had the stones Mm -hmm. to say that without getting all weird and insecure again championship swag but he's right even if the Dodgers hadn't won the World Series and then I I like how he said at the end 
and I'm not worried about the Dodgers, nor am I worried – or I'm sorry, I'm not worried about the Padres, nor am I worried about any other team in the league. Right. What he should have said after that is, have you seen our squad? I mean, that, exactly. that's, that's literally – Have and, you seen my ring? Have you seen our clubhouse? And he can say that because that's just the facts. You know, it's the truth. By the, by the way, I, I don't know if you got a chance to read this, and I encourage people out there. Blake Snell, who's now part of the Padres, had an article in the Players' Tribune, his own article. Did you get a chance to read it? I read part of it. You told me about it, but I have thoughts about Blake Snell otherwise, which is that Blake Snell is the most underrated star in all the big leagues, in my opinion, mm-hmm. for a lot of different reasons. Number one, he's just a great pitcher. Number two, he's just a great personality. You know what I'm saying? Catch him on Twitch out here in these streets, banging people out on COD, talking a lot of trash. Love Blake Snell. So the reason why I, I mention it is because he goes in-depth in that Game 6 World Series against the Dodgers where he was dealing and he talked about, I'll just explain it very briefly here. He talked about his mentality that coming in, uh, he was just, he said it's as good as he's ever pitched in his life. He felt like he was setting up guys perfectly. Didn't matter who it was. Mookie Betts, um, it, it, it didn't didn't matter. Sequencing well, good game calls on the pitches, exactly. Everything. He just felt like he, he felt like he was a step ahead of everybody. Then he said he walks out in the sixth inning and he looks out, looks out to the outfield. And there's somebody warming up. And he said, all of a sudden, he's like, I want to be honest. For some people, it doesn't affect them. He said, that completely threw me off. Now, he, he's walking to the mound saying, are they are they thinking of taking me out? This is the best game I've ever pitched in my life. In the World Series! Are they thinking of taking me out? I mean, what, what have I done wrong? He goes, his thought process then went away from, um, I'm going to dominate who's in front of me. And it changed to... You can't let one guy get on because if you do, you're probably going to get pulled and you let one guy get on. I'm not going to lie. It's a fascinating to, to hear him kind of tell that story. This is the reason why I didn't read the story. When you told me about it, <laughs> it was like, I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't read that. That's too painful to me as a baseball guy to think about when that mentality. Like that, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because, like I said to you earlier today, it's not just about the on-field results of whether or not taking a guy out in the sixth works. It's about the it's about how you treat people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I, look, let him get to the mound before somebody warms up. The simple visual of him seeing somebody, like yo, bro, you can't have that. You took him out of his game. That you took him out of his game. And, happen. And, and I, I'm sure every Dodger fan. You know, at that moment was like, wait a minute, you are doing us. They were a laughing huge in the dugout. Favor. They were laughing in the <laughs> dugout. It was on the television. Everybody was like, okay, thank you. We will take the commissioner's trophy now. You're taking your best player off the mound. I was so hurt at the time. Fascinating oh. story. Um, when, oh. when we come back, we'll ask uh, Alden Gonzalez about this. He covers the Dodgers for ESPN. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Alan Slee with Clinton Yates. Uh, this is the Travis and Sliwa Show on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, we uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, Alan Sliwan, Clinton Yates. What up? Alden Gonzalez coming up here in just a second. Um, are you a coffee guy? Not really. No. I like the smell. I don't like to drink it. 
I drink I drink decaf because people don't realize decaf is not non-caf. It's less calf. Mm. And it gets too I get too wired when I drink full calf. I'm I'm drinking coffee right now. Probably not yeah, a good idea. Iced. Iced though. Yeah, pr- probably not a good idea. Hot coffee it. I do up until it's about 80 every day. If I'm <laughs> if I'm doing hot I mean it's got to be hot hot outside for me I'm to a, stop I'm a two hot cup drink. of coffee a day guy. Wow. Have one in the morning and then but here's the thing Clint. Yeah. A lot of the times, I mean, pretty much the hours I'm working are in the evening. Right. Right? So a lot of the games, you know. Again, like the Murphy bed, nighttime. Games, you got to have bed. coffee. Yeah. We need a Murphy bed in studio. That's what we need here. We need <laughs> yeah, a Murphy you know bed in studio. We don't need the HR violations, bro. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> Definitely don't need that. Definitely don't need that. Um, okay, let me uh, let me welcome in Alden Gonzalez, who covers the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers for ESPN. Alden, thank you for uh, taking some time. Alan Sliwa and Clinton Yates, uh, Clinton Yates here as well. What's going on? Not much, guys. How you doing? We're doing good. good. We're doing good. Uh, I, I want to jump right into it. I, I asked Clinton this question. I want to get your thoughts. Um, yesterday, we got that um, Vegas and and a lot of these sports books they're they're picking the Dodgers. 104.5 games, something along those lines. How big of the gap do you think it is between the Dodgers and the second-best team in Major League Baseball? Um, obviously, I'm complimenting how good the Dodgers are, but how big of a gap do you think it is? Honestly, um, I don't think it's that big a gap. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the second-best team in baseball is the Padres, and they just so happen to be in their own division. Um, I think at least in the national league, it's the Dodgers and the Padres, but, and just to be totally transparent, I never thought I would say this, at least not this soon, Mm -hmm. but like what the Padres have done over the last year or so, the amount of starting pitching that they've acquired, um, the years that they got last season from a lot of really key guys and the way that they've just been able to like maintain their farm system as strong as they have, I'm not saying they're better than the Dodgers, but what I am saying is that it's close. Hmm. And it is crazy to say that because I think the Dodgers are as good as you mentioned with Vegas saying that they're going to win 104 games or whatever that is. They're that type of team. But the Padres are like, in my mind at least, they're legitimately right there. And I think that's just what's going to be so exciting about this year. We haven't seen a true... National League West rival for the Dodgers in a really long time. Like ever, there was one year where the Rockies were good enough to force a tiebreaker against the Dodgers in 2018, I think it was. But the Dodgers just started off really slow, and you just knew that that Rockies team was not sustainable. This Padres team is good. They're hungry. They're confident. They look like they're going to be good for a while. Um, I think it's actually pretty close, and I'm psyched to see like what that rivalry is going to become. I am too, and let me ask you this, Alden. As a result, what's the vibe like? The post-championship vibe, but also objects in the NL West mirror are closer than they appear. You know what I'm saying? Doc sounded pretty good talking about the pods, but you know David Price is coming back. You lose Jock. You lose Kike Hernandez. What you know? What is the confidence level in terms of what you're seeing around this squad versus what you saw probably at the beginning of spring training last year? Well, full disclosure, I can't see anything because I can't go to Arizona because they don't allow us to be in the facility. Um, But I will say this, um, with regards to just how they're feeling about themselves, look no further than the fact that they went out and signed Trevor Bauer for a rotation that already looked to be really good, that had Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin coming back. Those guys are going to be 
they project to be front of the rotation starters, legit like workhorse type guys. Those two no longer have a spot in their rotation because the Dodgers thought it was that important to go out and spend $85 million over the next two years to sign Trevor Bauer to a rotation that didn't need it. So that's how they're feeling about just sort of what the Padres are doing. They're good. They're stacked. But they went over the luxury tax threshold this year. They haven't done that in a really long time. I didn't think that they would blow past it the way that they did. Um, but they went out and got Bauer, even though they eventually knew that they were going to bring back Justin Turner. And I think that tells you everything you need to know about. Um, from one aspect, it's that teams are sort of bracing themselves for the fact that going from a 60-game to 162-game season means that um, their pitchers are going to have to accrue a lot of innings and they're That's worried right. about the health component. That is a, a factor of it. But the other factor, I think, is look at that Padres rotation. They added you Darvish and Blake Snell and Joe Musgrove Tool was already a really good rotation. And I think even though they won't come out and admit it as much, there was an aspect to the Dodgers that was like, we need an answer here. Mm. And, and they did give them credit. But it, it's going to be, again, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch these two teams play this year. I mean, Justin Turner said today that it's going to be 19 World Series games during the regular season. Mm. And mm. I think that is going to be the case. One of the things that they did in terms of additions that was not necessarily an actual transaction was David Price coming back to the rotation. Tell me a little bit about how you feel from a you know just a, a quality standpoint, him specifically as a veteran, as a champion, him being back in the actual clubhouse after the opt out last season affects this team. I think that's a big. I think that's a big aspect. Uh, Andrew Friedman actually talked about this. Andrew obviously knows him well from his days at the Tampa Bay Rays. They made a number one overall pick, and he was a big part of them going to the World Series. Um, just sort of the type of teammate that he is. And I think he even showed that last year while opting out. He was he still made himself, like, really involved with a group that he hardly even – he hardly really knew because he only got to know them in spring training before everything shut down because of coronavirus. But that's the one thing that Andrew Friedman will speak really highly of about David Price is that he's – like the ultimate teammate. And we never really know how to quantify that sort of thing, but he is one of these guys is just sort of like one of these unifying type guys. Um, I don't know. He is a big question mark for me because it's not just last year that he set out. It's these last two years where he hasn't really thrown a lot of innings. And he did say yesterday, he did actually today. Um, he did say today that, at his age, he feels like that might be a good thing, the fact that he hasn't had much of a workload. Right. Um, just in terms of his arm, he's accrued a lot of innings. I think, but when you're looking at this Dodgers rotation, if there is one question mark, it might be David Price, especially because the Dodgers stole him half of his $32 million salary. What can he give them? But the great thing about them is if he's not, if he's not right, Dustin May is more than capable of filling a spot. Tony Gonsolin. Same thing. Um, they got a ton of prospects in their farm system. Same thing. So, And that's what's sort of been the separator with the Dodgers and everybody else is just the overall – and it's kind of boring, but just their overall depth. They're never really relying on one guy, whereas it seems like every other team is. One guy goes bad for them, and it's just sort of next, next man up for them. And that's what they, – they've just been so good at um, developing players that it's like an endless string of high-end talent coming through. Alden Gonzalez, who covers the Dodgers for ESPN, taking some time to join the Travis and Sliwa show. Alan Sliwa and Clinton Yates. 
Um, Alden, uh, what, what did you think? Were you surprised Dave Roberts expects reliever or expects Kenley Jansen to close games this season? Were you surprised to hear that? Or um, do you think that's uh, just manager talk for now and, and they'll figure it out as the season uh, progresses? I was not surprised. That was the expectation all along. And, what, and, and if you sort of just maybe, and I hate doing this, but if you kind of study just sort of what he said, he said he's going to be the closer at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. But he sort of indicated that if things go wrong, he's not um, going to be afraid to sort of pull the trigger on something else. Um, one big thing with Kenley is the Dodgers have always been, as Dave Roberts um, especially, they've always been very intentful about just sort of um, – making sure that they're building up his confidence because it's sort of a big thing for him to, to succeed for them. They, they, they want to make sure that they portray him as like, he's our guy and um, that sort of knock him down in the media. So they've been very intentful about that. Um, another thing is at this moment, if you're looking at the Dodgers bullpen, there's no real clear replacement for Kenley Jansen right now. And, and what I mean by that is their bullpen is deep. They have some versatility, but they're, best alternative options, whether it's Blake Trinan or Bruce Dargratterall, they don't have really, for some reason, they just don't strike out a ton of guys. And um, I hate to like oversimplify it that way, but when you're talking about the ninth inning of close games, teams are looking for guys who consistently miss bats. And that is one thing that Kelly Jensen still does. I think he was striking out about like 12 and a half um, batters per nine innings last season. Uh, he did have his rough outings, um, I will say that a lot of the earned runs that he allowed um, were like a two-appearance stretch in the middle of September where he gave up like eight runs. And I'm not trying to defend Kenley Jansen because we've all seen it. He's not the same guy that he was um, during that dominant stretch from about like 2015 to 2017. But I think at this moment, when you look at the Dodgers roster, there's no other like clear replacement. And so I think what's going to happen is Kelly's going to be given the chance to be the closer early on in the year. And if he starts struggling or if he struggles in the middle of the year, then that's when you'll see a Julio Rios maybe in the back end of games or a Dustin May, a Tony Gonson, or they'll go out and trade somebody. And that's the thing about them. Like they could go out and access whatever player they want just because they're not starting the season off with that player. Doesn't mean they can't eventually go out and get him. I think that's a good point. I mean, to me, this is a veteran respect thing. It's February. Obviously, you name him the closer. Urias can be there forever. And so I'm with you on that. Let me ask you this, though, Alden. Like, do you think, and this is from an analysis of fan standpoint, not just what you know, is is a non-World Series appearance a disappointing season for the Dodgers, considering? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they are – I mean, look at their roster. And I think that's been the case for a long time, but I think it's especially the case now. It was the case last year when they added Mookie Betts to a team that was already projected to win the World Series. And I mean, th- think about just sort of where they're at, right, With a, from a bird's-eye view. Going into the 2020 season, they were already projected to – they were already, like, looked at as the World Series favorites, and then they just added Mookie Betts. And then going into this year – they were already projected to be the World Series favorites. And then they just went out and added Trevor Bauer, who was by far yeah, ridiculous. the best free agent starting <laughs> pitcher available. Mm-hmm. So, yes, anything besides the World Series is a disappointment. But I always throw in the caveat that this is baseball and not basketball. And so mm-hmm. the playoffs tend to be a crapshoot in baseball just because of the nature of the sport in ways that it isn't like in the NBA, right? 
Um, and I hope that sort of makes sense. But in baseball, like any team can win four out of seven or three out of five or even like last year's playoffs, two out of three. And so, and you've seen that with the Dodgers. You've seen that historically throughout baseball, especially when they integrated the wild card in the mid-1990s. The best team during the regular season, which I think is um, best measured by run differential over the course of a 162-game season, that's usually the best team. Those teams typically don't win the World Series because a lot of it is just sort of random stuff that happens in October, and baseball is just susceptible to that sort of thing. It's what makes it fun, but like when you're a Dodgers fan and you're used to that your team is good every year, it's been agonizing for them because any little thing just sort of makes a difference in their season. And a lot of times teams that are not as good as them have ended up winning the whole Mm. thing because it's just like, that's just baseball sometimes, you know? Alden, final one for you, and we appreciate you taking the time. Uh, Justin Turner, his deal, two years, $34 million, and then a option on that uh, on the third year. Um, how big was Justin Turner? Not, I'm not really talking about anything on the field, but just to have a champion, somebody that's been with the organization for a long time, seems like a guy that obviously everybody respects in the clubhouse. How, how important was that to have him for those reasons? Big. I don't, I don't, I don't know that anybody else sort of sets the tone in that clubhouse more than Justin Turner, at least on the position player side. Um, nobody is more respected in that clubhouse than Justin Turner. And just a couple of examples just from the playoffs last year. Um, when they got into that bubble environment in Arlington, it was Justin Turner alongside Mookie Betts, who stepped up as a leader a lot quicker than I ever would have imagined. I'd be super impressed by just him as a person. Um, it was Justin Turner and Mookie Betts who rallied the team together and just sort of made sure that they were in the right headspace to go through an unprecedented postseason. And when they went down to the Braves 3-1 in the National League Championship Series, Justin Turner was a central voice in sort of just making sure that they stayed confident and they knew that their goal was still attainable. And aside of that, just the more tangible stuff. Um, He's such a consistent postseason performer. He did it again during the World Series last year. Um, The the play that he turned in – that double play, diving for a runner, going home, crazy and getting the play. out of third. Com- crazy play. Completely, completely changed the outlook of the Dodgers' entire postseason. And there might be some questions around his age, but you brought it up. It's a two-year contract, and the DH is going to be here next year. It might even be here this year, to be quite honest with you. And I am, I would be very confident in Justin Turner still being able to be a productive player. Huh. Uh, over these next two years. Alden, uh, great stuff, man. Great insight. Great to connect with you. I know it's been a little while, but uh, Alden Gonzalez covers the Dodgers for ESPN, taking some time to join the show. Appreciate it, Alden. Enjoy your weekend, all right? Thanks, guys. You too. Hope the family's well. All right, that is uh, Alden Gonzalez right there. Okay, uh, two things I want to bring up when we come back. Mm-hmm. Number one, um, I still haven't got a chance to play the uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci on potentially having fans back in the stadium. Oh. And Clinton, is walking count as a workout? I'll save that <laughs> for the next thing. That hurts me. I could already tell where where uh, where your reaction is. All right, we'll do that coming up next. By the way, if you guys want to be a part of the show, you do not have to wait for an invitation. 877-710-ESPN. You want to talk sports with us, it's always uh, uh, lines are always open to do it. Stay right here. This is the Travis and Sliwa Show, Alan Sliwa and Clinton Yates. 
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Let's some good Bob Marley right here. Clint, how, how- Get up, stand up! I mean, is this not... Sometimes when I hear this and it's opening up a segment, I'm like, I just shouldn't even talk. Just let this play for six minutes. Banger. Okay, so I already got your reaction. By the way, I'm out of breath because I went to go use the restroom, and it's down the hallway, and I asked Jess. I'm like, Jess, how much time? He's like, two minutes. I'm like, all right, I'm going to sprint here. That's a hustle segment. That's a hustle. So, (laughs) so... Um, as far as a uh, as far as a workout goes, can I just give you let let me set it up properly. The sleep breakdown. So I get up in the morning. Sleep routine. All right. I walk to Starbucks. This is already bad. Walk to Starbucks, grab a cup of coffee, and then I'll just go for a long walk, make a couple calls, listen right. to some music, things along those lines. Is walking a workout? Like, can I call that a workout? Hundred percent. I think okay. you mis- right. I think you All misjudged right. my my reaction to that. I don't own a car. Mm. I live in Los Angeles. I walk and I Uber. Mm. That's what I do. Because I'm from the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Where walking is a thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to get somewhere. It's easier to walk half the time. You know what I'm saying? And if Grocery you walk, store, are you walking there? Yeah. Everything you got, you're carrying with you. Well, you know, I mean, I'm getting what I need and then the deliveries are doing the rest. But, like, That's I right. walk right. when I know that I need something. It's COVID, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But, like... I think there's an element to the coronavirus factor here, too, which is that, like, got to get out of the house. Got to do something. You know what I'm saying? Let me go walk. And, like, sure, walking to the bar and back <laughs> is not a workout. You know what I mean? But if you're making it a part of your daily routine where you've got – I'm not saying you got to have your Fitbit moving or anything like that. But, like, I, I fully believe that walking is, in fact, in many ways, the best workout. It's the most natural thing you can do, which is just walk somewhere, you know, Low-grade um, physical impact, but also everything's moving. By, yeah. by the way, Dr. Clapper tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., he's, he's going to tell everybody Weekend that Weekend Warrior, Warrior show. Done, you know? um, but when you say that, and then when I'm in the middle of my walk, and I'm holding my Starbucks cup, and people <laughs> are walking venti. faster than me, okay? Right. Or somebody jogs right by me, and I think in their mind, they're probably like, what is this, casual Saturday? What, what's this guy doing? <laughs> Don't tell so me this have, guy thinks he actually is working out right now as so I'm... You have a performance anxiety factor with the workout <laughs> element. To me, it's not about proving to anybody else. They're what jogging I'm, I'm up the stairs. Athleisure. They're jogging okay. up the stairs, up and down. I'm stopping halfway through saying, okay, what do I go back down or do I keep going up? <laughs> I mean, I'm not putting on athleisure to go walk around the neighborhood. That's a lie. I definitely do. My point is, though, is that, like, yeah, if you walk a lot and you're tired, you've worked out. I am sorry. Let me tell Simple. you something. I'm geared up as if I'm going for a crazy workout. But the reality is, yeah, it's just a walk. Just Tony a walk. Down with to some the coffee. bingo shop, baby. Downshifting. All right. You know what I'm saying? You Go guys, you guys got to take a listen to this because I'm trying to figure out when when sports does come back. 
and you guys can be a part of this if you like, 877-710-ESPN, what sporting event here in L.A. are you going to first? Okay, so just kind of think about this. You got the Rose Bowl. By the way, L.A. is ridiculous. I mean, I'm, I'm born and raised in San Diego, Venues right? Venues out the yang. You got, you got the Coliseum. You got the Rose Bowl. Of course, Staples Center. Uh, yeah, they just happened to build a $5 billion stadium, uh, SoFi Stadium, obviously on the football front. What am I missing here? You got Bank LAFC. You got Bank of America. Okay. Yep. So when sports does come back, what is the first sporting event that you want to come out to, 877-710-ESPN. And, Clint, before you tell me, there, there's a reason why I'm asking this question. Mm-hmm. Dr. Anthony Fauci was on um, with uh, Baseball Tonight podcast, Buster, um, Buster Olney, and he's, Buster. and he's basically starting to reference what could happen in baseball this year. Take a listen. It's a moving target. But the way it's moving now, if you look at the uh, number of infections per day and you chart it, Right now, it's on a rather sharp decline. That, together with the fact that as each day goes by, we vaccinate more and more people, that it is conceivable that if that curve keeps going down, 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 and stays down, that we could have a pretty good chance of having a baseball season that's a full season, that you're going to have people in the stands, maybe not sitting right next to each other, they're going to be public health restrictions like mask wearing and things like that. All right, Clint, give me uh, g- give me kind of your first of all. If you got a comment on that, you can feel free to give it to me. But when when sports does come back, which sporting event are you most dying to go see? I'll say this: they're they're linked for a reason, obviously, because we won't be able to do it without what Fauci's talking about actually happening. But to me, this is separate. Like, there's not like a situation where I think one sporting event is going to be safer than another. So, like, you know, that I mean, I get the indoor outdoor factor, but here's what I want to do. We got a new squad, Angel City FC, NWSL, a lot of famous owners. That's where I'm going, okay? I'm going to see the ladies on the pitch. Hmm. That's what I'm doing, okay? Exciting work. That's what your boy brings to the table. I think that, number one, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to any indoor stuff off the rip. I just, you know, unless I'm vaccinated, and yada, yada, I want to get into that. But, like, to me – Engaging in outdoor activities together sure. is kind of always what this has been about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure, Staples Center is great, blah, blah, blah. But, like, you know, the LA Live Plaza and all that where you get to gather out of doors, that to me is a larger draw than sitting in a building with a bunch of other people. I don't care who I'm watching. So I like Bank of California. I mean, uh, I like that stadium a lot. It's a nice place. I've been there for LAFC games. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, and, bro, and what's SoFi going to be like? Bro. First of all, so far, Tra- Travis, by the way, was just very casually threw this in in the last show. He's like, yeah, okay. you know, I've been there. Um, I had two tours and, you know, on the first first tour, it was, I'm like, Trav, you can't just say you had two tours, two tours. of SoFi Stadium like it's <laughs> absolutely nothing. So I've seen I've not been on the tour, <laughs> but I've seen the place. SoFi mm-hmm. is a gem like. Anything they do at SoFi, I'll go to. Forget sports. If I drive okay? by, they're like, keep keep it moving. Keep you know it what moving. I'm saying? I don't, I'll go see T. Swizzy. Mm-hmm. I will go see Taylor Swift. I don't even like Taylor Swift <laughs> at SoFi. And that's, that's no knock on Taylor Swift. I'm just not a huge fan. Sure. I will go see anything oh, yeah. at SoFi. Absolutely. That's probably the top one now that I think about it, just to be in the building. So, like, sports events, obviously, because what we do are high on the scale, and I think we sort of feel like we miss them most. Mm-hmm. But, like, we've watched games. Oh. People are playing. There's a million other things that I have not done 
in 2020 and 2021 that I'm probably going to get back to before I go to a sporting event. Okay, but you're, you know, you told me baseball is your thing. Oh, well, yeah. Just just, just to to kind of think about that. (laughs) That doesn't count. Just just think about that for a second. Just think about just going to a baseball. Basketball is my favorite sport. You know that. But there is something about freaking sitting at a baseball game, kicking back, relaxing, you could miss a couple pitches. Nothing even matters. You know what I mean? Like there's a there's such a chill factor to baseball. A day game? Come on, I mean that's oh. as good as it gets. Full caveat: baseball doesn't count in any of this. Okay, because I'm the maniac that will go to any baseball game. All right, I'll drive 15 minutes to go see LMU play. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some team you've never heard of. All right, that's what your boy does. So like baseball is not even in the discussion because I will watch any baseball game anywhere at any time. You're in so the farm that, system. You are. Yeah, you that, are going. That, that's that's a totally totally different story. However, I do think that the sport that has the most to gain mm-hmm. from all of this is baseball. And I'll tell a quick professional story as well. Um, Alden talked about how things got banged up in uh, spring training last year. It's about a year and three weeks now. Mm-hmm. Mm, maybe around there. I was in West Palm Beach, Nationals, Yankees, playing just another spring training game. Maybe not just another spring training game. Things had gone awry. I was like, oh, I don't know. Bro, they canceled the season. I'm sitting in the press box mm-hmm. next to all of my colleagues. They canceled the season in the second inning. Wow. Then they played the whole game. And I was like, yo, bro, you just canceled the season. There's 20,000 people in the stadium. We could probably leave now. Do nope, you, they do, played nine. Do you remember the March Madness tournament where they weren't in, even in March Madness yet? Wasn't it like the Big East conference? conference tournaments? They kept games at halftime, but, but but they stopped the actual game, Sliwa. But there was a game that played that morning. They went through. It was I think a Big East game or something. I'm like, wait a minute here. It was the Big East. Everybody Big stopped. East. You guys are still having a game. They were allowing fans in. All right, let me squeeze in a quick call. Um, what sporting event you most looking forward to here in Los Angeles? What venue are you most looking forward to getting back to? Uh, once uh, sports does open up, you heard Dr. Anthony Fauci mention that could happen in in, uh, in baseball. We could have some fans back. Um, Geraldo in Compton. What's going on, man? Thank you for calling in. What up? Hey, what's up, buddy? I'm looking forward to go to Dodger Stadium, see my team, get the rings. Man, I'm looking forward to that for sure. By the way, what what did you uh, what did you think of Alden uh, Gonzalez? I don't know if you heard it, and and, uh, and Clint. I know you and I both kind of took a second there. You think, uh, Geraldo, anything to worry about with the Padres, or do you think the uh, the Dodgers are are in a league of their own? The Padres, come on, man! I'm not worried about <laughs> them. This is this, this is Dodger, man. Come on. All right, man. Appreciate you calling in. What, okay. Clint, Clint I mean, what, what did I mean, you take? Did that surprise you a little bit? It surprised Doc got me. a little hot last year when random guys were bat flipping on the Dodgers. They affected their psychology, okay? That was real. That is a real rivalry. Are you worried about them in the playoffs? Probably not. But 19 World Series games, Justin Turner said, is real. That's just down the road, and the pods are good, good. Not just up and coming anymore. They're I, real I, contenders. They're not pretenders. I love that this is uh, an actual conversation because I, I think it does make the game more interesting. It really yeah. does. I mean, to have these Agreed. two teams, the best two teams in Major League Baseball, I was a little surprised. Alden threw me for a little bit of uh, when he said he thought it was actually a lot closer than it uh, than it really was. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, I want to play this when we come back. Stephen A. Smith said that the Nets should be title favorites. 
I want you to hear it when we come back. And this is based off of, you know, yesterday's game, Lakers lose to the uh, Brooklyn Nets. By the way, Lakers-Miami coming up tomorrow. We haven't even talked anything about that, a repeat of the NBA Finals. And we'll give you guys an update. Utah's playing the Los Angeles Clippers. Clint, we, we hit on this a little bit earlier about which team would be uh, uh, a tougher seven-game set. So we'll get you an update on that as well. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Alan Sliwa, Clinton Yates. This is the Travis and Sliwa Show. All right, so, Clint, what's the uh, what's the plan this weekend? You got a plan, or is it kind of nice to just go on the fly? My father's birthday is on Monday. All right, all right. Happy birthday to your, uh, your dad 76, there. turning 76, Earl Yates, getting it done. Um, So just kind of, you know, laying low, making sure he knows he's loved, and all the siblings, you know, give him his props because we're going to do a little Zoom action on Monday. But, you know, he's retired, but he can't stop working. You know how that goes. So he's got all sorts of crap he's doing this weekend. But I'm just going to make sure I holler at him. Is that going to be you? Are, are you going to be the guy that you could retire, you're done, but you just need to keep working? I mean, that's kind of already who I am. Yeah, so, I, I'm going to have yeah, an issue with that. I'm definitely going to have an issue with that. Definitely going to be. I mean, if we can sit and do radio from inside of our homes, yes, I will be talking until I die. I was thinking about this. You know, um, Travis, uh, last show we did, he's doing it from home, right? He's right. out in uh, Orange County area. I'm maybe 15 minutes tops to the studio, so it's easy for me to just come in. Yep. But I'm looking at Trav, and he, you know, he's in his kitchen, just like we have it right now. We're, we're so we do the show obviously on radio, but we're looking at each other through Zoom, so we could just, you know, kind of have a flow of the show. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at Trav, and I'm like, God, he looks so comfortable. <laughs> he just looks like he's just chilling. He's out there in the OC hanging out. Love it. No, I mean for me, it's like, yo, like, and uh, young journalists out there, young broadcasters. If you do something you love, you're never really working. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. But the point is, is that if you like it, it's not hard to continue to that do. That was awesome. That's the a better way to that say up. it. That was great the you way know, you said it. That's just a saying. lie. That's just a saying. lie. You know? Well, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, listen, tomorrow Lakers taking on the Miami Heat, right? Yeah. And, you know, listen, there, there's, there's – I'll be at Staples Center. You're excited about that. But then there's also – it's Saturday, right? Where you just sometimes <laughs> want to just sit there and do absolutely nothing. I don't like working on Saturdays. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Saturday is the one day that I'm not a big fan of working. Just personal opinion. All right, let me let me play this real quick. So, um, Stephen A. Smith on first take. I don't know if you ever heard of Stephen A. Smith. He's a young, uh, not familiar with. Yeah, his work. He, he may he may make it one day. Never heard of him. <laughs> Only the best in the business. Just saying. That. Stephen A. Smith yeah. on uh, on first take was. Talking about the Brooklyn Nets, obviously after that win against the Lakers, um, I, I want to get your thoughts, uh, Clint. What, what you think yeah. of this uh, comment from Stephen A.? There's no way around that. Yes, they did not have Kevin Durant, and the Los Angeles Lakers did not have Anthony Davis. Uh, but watching this game, the message that I peeled from it is that, as I said before, the Brooklyn Nets are coming out of the Eastern Conference. They will be in the NBA Finals, barring any significant injuries. And as far as I'm concerned, last night to me said to me that they should be the championship favorites. The Brooklyn Nets should be the favorites to win the world championship. The questionable health of Anthony Anthony Davis, combined with the way the offense is playing, the fluidity, the distribution of the basketball, the Joe Harris's of the world in the starting lineup, the Jeff Green, how you could go small the way Brooklyn did last night. All right, let me just say this. Let me say yep. that you can you can say that the Brooklyn Nets are a threat to win an NBA championship, but do you really say it off last night's game? I don't, and that's why that, that, I, that's I think, my point. Like you can, make I think the we're case. at the same we're at the same sort of analysis of talent, mm-hmm. Stephen and I. Mm-hmm. Stephen obviously is a much smarter basketball human being than I am. Um, but, like, I don't know that I'm putting them at favorites. That's why I said on the show today, the show being Around the Horn, that, like, 
this is the first time I thought they could actually do it. That's about as far as I'm going to go on that. Mm-hmm. And that's as far as I kind of need to go. I don't need to add any level of um, expectations because there's still just too much in flux. There's still a team that is trying to figure themselves out from a gel standpoint, which they've done well. I like the fact that they're getting along. Mega factor here. For all you oh, idiots yeah. out there saying, oh, yeah. oh, I don't know about Kyrie. He's a little too concerned about this. I don't know about KD. He might want the ball. I don't know about James Harden. He's too busy in the club. How about they're banging people out? So, like, that's one that's, thing. That's the big factor, too. They, they got to, obviously, it, it, if they get along, they got a legitimate shot at, at a chip. And when they were both out, KD and Kyrie, and Harden was filling it up against Phoenix, guess who was on a sideline bigging up their boy? Both of those guys. They're getting along as far as I'm concerned. We played the clip earlier in the show of Kyrie saying he's looking forward to things, which I like. However, Alan, here's the big wild card with the Nets. It's the Steve Nash factor. You know, when you get into the playoffs – not just a rookie head coach, but a head coach who's come into his position the way that he did, just kind of, I don't want to say he didn't deserve it. That's not how I feel necessarily, but like, skip the line, for sure, Players by the superstars. Players wanted him in, right? I mean, that's fine. That's what you're going to say, the superstars. That's plenty merit. Mm-hmm. That's plenty merit, but that does not necessarily mean that when it gets down the brass tacks in the playoffs, we haven't that he knows it. what he's doing. Right, because exactly. we haven't seen it. So it's not like we have any examples to go by or whatever the case is. By the way, yeah, so... Yeah, it's not a knock. It's just a variable. Clippers and the Jazz. I asked you earlier, seven-game set, who'd be tougher in a seven-game set, Clippers or Utah? You mean for the Lakers? For the Lakers. Oh, man. Conley is such an effective point guard from a a leadership position, an offensive pacing position. The Jazz are a completely different team when that guy's playing well. Mm-hmm. And I think that... I mean, if you're... Joe Ingles we're comes call, off the bench. Jordan Clarkson comes off the bench. Jordan Clarkson, by the way, having a 45-point night the other day. What Baller. was that about? Mm-hmm. That was unbelievable. I guess what I'm saying is, if they play the Jazz, and I mean, okay, we can call LeBron a guard, sure. But, like, just taking sort of LeBron out of it, Conley's the best guard on the court. And I, I think the Jazz are just hard to beat. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's, that's an effective quality in the NBA playoffs. It's something the Spurs did for years. Spurs weren't showing up and banging you out. They're just hard to beat, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying the Jazz or the Spurs. Can you imagine if Clippers, again, were not able to get to the Western Conference Finals? Yes, of course I I can imagine that. Very imaginable. I think the Clippers Clippers would be a tougher matchup for the Lakers in a seven-game set. By the way, a great game going on. It's on ESPN, 85-81. They're in the fourth quarter, so Clippers with a four-point lead. Let me interject, and Mm -hmm. this is the reason why I brought up Conley, is because Patrick Beverly, on the other side, one of my favorite players in the NBA, I'm not Mm -hmm. saying he's the best player, I just like the dude because he talks a lot of trash and he's all over the place. Patrick Beverly has taken a step back this season, in my opinion. I'm not saying that he's a bad player, by no means. I mean, we remember what happened last Christmas when he locked down LeBron, they ended up winning that game. Mm -hmm. Pat Bev has to get better for me to make that matchup of the Clippers being a bigger threat to the Lakers. Because Conley, to me, in that comparison between the two teams, is the best you know, sort of, he's the best point guard there. I mean, Spider is obviously a big deal, but like the the Conley factor is huge to me. I I I I I really like his game, and I think he's a veteran that's necessary, and that's why that's a good part of the reason why they're good, and they're not surprised at the fact that they're good. All right, the so Conley veteran factor is huge. We don't know if Dennis Schroeder goes tomorrow, but we do know Lakers Miami Heat uh, tip off is at five thirty. Pre-game show with myself and Michael at uh, four o'clock, four thirty. Four o'clock. I'm all over the place, man. All oh over goodness. the place. Can we get? Can we get a schedule? Four o'clock here? What's going on? is the uh, is the uh, pregame show. Clinton, appreciate it, buddy. Thank you for doing yeah. this. That uh, that flu. 
Absolutely, man. Thank Th- you. That went Happy way Friday, way y'all. too fast. Uh, LA, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it. You guys have a great weekend.